Everybody is dealing with something. And that's really why I want to share these stories because the more stories we tell, the more people can relate to them and, and hopefully we can help, you know, get through their own struggle. Okay, so welcome to Tattoos of My Soul podcast today. I have Kelly Savage with me, which it's been just a minute since we've seen each other. It's been about uh, 20 years since we have seen each other. We went to high school together. And uh, stings a little bit. Yeah, I know. Has it been 20 years? I don't feel. Yeah, we're not. I probably should have not admitted that. But hey, we're just we're honest here. So Um, but I um, I reached out to you because we're friends on Facebook and, you know, I've seen just your story and what you've been going through. And, you know, you have you have definitely had a journey. And so I felt like, you know, here at Tattoos of My Soul, it's all about the struggle that we everybody goes through everybody's going through something um our struggles look different but everybody's going through some kind of struggle and you know coming out of that and using that struggle as our strength and the more and more that i read your posts and kind of tapped into what you were doing i i saw that that was very clear that you have definitely used your adversity as a way to grow and become a stronger human being so that's yes. that's why I initially reached out to you like hey we haven't talked in 20 years but yeah. <laughs> you want to get together and do a podcast yeah. so uh, I welcome you and I thank you for coming in and and uh, thank you in advance for sharing your story because I know it's going to touch a lot of people so I appreciate you having me here yeah. and yeah I, I feel honored to Good. be at your table oh thank you <laughs> well, we're just getting started but I feel like this table is gonna like have a lot of amazing stories, yes. you know, so for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're here. So this, the thing that I always like to, you know, start off with is, do you have a favorite quote, words you live by, you know, something that's really played a role for you, um, you know, words wise, um, that you would like to share? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of live by the this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is what I say to myself, sometimes daily. Yeah. Um, just because we get so caught up in, in things going on um, mm-hmm. that we don't realize that nothing's permanent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not always going to feel this way. I'm not always, um, you especially like when you're depressed and stuff. Or mm-hmm. For me, when I'm going through anxiety, and um, I just have to keep telling myself, this too shall pass, this too shall pass, because you don't ever feel the same feeling for forever, Yeah. right? Right. When my kids are driving me nuts... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like this too shall pass. They'll yes. be sweet, cuddling, yes. you know. Yeah. Kids later, I'm dealing yeah. with the preteen. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't wait for that to pass. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. and it's kind of just that way with everything. And I think if people f- said that more to themselves, mm-hmm. they wouldn't live in their um, anger yeah. or depression or uh, just you know the emotions that you don't that you don't want to have. have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like exactly. it doesn't last forever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, everything in life is so temporary, you know, and there's all these seasons that we go through. I mean, Bible talks about that. There's a season for everything, you know, and and I think that's a really good point to point out because, you know, when you are going through something and you are struggling, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and feel like it will always be that way or like, oh my gosh. How am I going to live like this? Well, you don't have to stay in that. But I do think that that is also a mindset, you know, mm-hmm. making a choice not to stay in that, you know, that right. way. But, right. Um, so 
we, you came into my office a couple of weeks ago and we, we chatted just to kind of catch up. Um, so I guess it's only been two weeks since we've done yeah. 20. It was 20 years, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but you told me about your story and I just was kind of like, man, this is, you know, yeah. this is a lot. So, you know, whatever you feel like sharing just with yeah. our listeners, you know, kind of just give us the. Yeah. The, um, and, you know, I think a lot more people uh, deal with things uh, similar mm-hmm. to the things I've dealt with. And so I love that I can share it so that they feel more comfortable when, yeah. when they're going through it. Uh-huh. Um, because I really did think I was the only one that had been through the things I'd been through. Yeah, sure. And uh, so I, I just, um, I will share, I'm an open book. I'll share anything. Okay. I can kind of, I can kind of pinpoint when it started for me. Um, I like to call mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um. I, uh, so I, where do you want me to start? I'll start wherever you feel like you should start. So like middle school, um, I went to, uh, city schools Mm -hmm. and got in a lot of fights and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so my mom decided to put me in the country, Mm -hmm. city schools and country and they're different. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when I started middle school at the new school, I didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore like all guy Tommy Hill figure clothes mm-hmm. and like thought I was a, like, I listened to too short and had a gold chain. Okay. And, right. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I'm in this country or, you know, a su- suburban school. Yeah. And girls dressed like girls there, uh-huh. and, you know, and it was different. And, um, at the end of my eighth grade year, my, uh, the person that introduced me to the church mm-hmm. uh, took his life in our backyard. Mm. Yeah. And um, I wasn't there when it happened, but I, I was at Kings Island. And I mm-hmm. think that God purposely did that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But when I got home, all the ambulance, the fire trucks, everything was there. Yeah. It, but I didn't know what's going on. And my mom went and talked to me. So I didn't talk to her the next day. Mm-hmm. And the next day when I went home, like my, my pastor was there and stuff mm-hmm. and, they explained to me what happened and, you know, I was young and naive and I'm like, well, maybe he just hit his head or, you know, yeah, I sure. don't know. Like, right. Yeah. And um, so they told me that he had taken his life and stuff. And then I went to church like the next week and it just felt different. Mm-hmm. I felt like people were staring at me. Maybe they weren't, but it felt like they were. Mm-hmm. And so I got really turned off by the church because mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And you um, said this was the the person who had taken their life was kind of the person who had he brought introduced you to church. Us to church. I, yeah. yeah, my mom always was somewhat spiritual. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, that was really we used to meet him at church. Okay. And that was, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um and I never really cared for him because mm-hmm. I wanted my stepdad back, but mm-hmm. my who had been my stepdad forever. And well, actually, I can even take the bullying part of my story back even further. My my stepdad, um, used my stepdad that's like a dad to me, and my mm-hmm. they're actually remarried now. My okay. mom and him. Okay. Um, he sold cars for a living, and the kids in the neighborhood used to call me Kelly Cars because they said he stole cars. Oh. Okay. And so what I know that sounds so petty now, like, but as a child, yeah, it's bullying. It is. You know. Yep. Yep. And um. So anyways, but then when, when Bob passed away, uh, I got really turned off from the church Yeah, and I remember a kid in, 
going into freshman year, like a kid from school said to me something like, you're the reason that he took his life and just mean that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so then I'm starting to go to a high school where I already didn't fit in at the middle school. And now I'm the girl whose mom's boyfriend took his life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was a religious man. So me, we must be awful. Something must be wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so that's how I started high school. And then I started dating, um, someone that, you know, I started, um, dabbling with marijuana and Mm -hmm. and stuff. And, um, when that relationship came to an end, some of his friends took a picture of my face and put it on a naked body off the internet. And this was like dial up internet. This is Mm -hmm. way back. So yeah, it wasn't my body, you know, like, sure. Um, but they put my real phone number on it Mm. and they posted it up all over Springfield. Mall security called my house. I mean, and for a 15 year old girl, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like at a, at a preppy high school and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I really thought it was the end of the world. And I wish I would have been able to say this too shall pass then because God, gosh, I mean, can you, we don't ever think about high school anymore. Right. Right. But man, we're living it. Oh, it's everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so my mom wouldn't let it go. And so, and she decided to press charges to mm-hmm. him when we're 18. So now I've, so now I'm the girl with the, the suicidal, you know, suicidal yeah. history. Um, the girl who got uh, popular boys arrested mm-hmm. and I was not on a good role yep. in high school. Yeah. Right. Right. So I decided to transfer high schools. Mm-hmm. So I transfer high schools and I messed up when I got there. Mm-hmm. I messed around with a guy that had a girlfriend and stuff. And mm-hmm. so then I was like the slut of the high school. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I was, I guess, kind of popular, you know, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I always tried to act like none of it bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like I was fine. Didn't care. Yeah. Um, I smoked a lot of weed mm-hmm. and I just suppressed trying to fill a void. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I listen to all this and I'm like, you're just trying to fill a void, you know, completely. For, like, there's a lot of different things going on with the bullying and then yeah. and you know, I, somebody close to you passing away. There's just a lot of pain there. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by revive events. So tattoos of my soul is so much more than a podcast. It is partner companies with All In Nutritionals, which is my husband, Lindsey Duncan's company, and also Revive Events. Revive is basically the home base, if you will. It is the company that hosts amazing, life-changing, motivational, uplifting events. These events are the places where we tell stories of tragedy yet triumph. It's where we educate people on the strategies that we've used through our own healing journey. You see, my husband, Lindsay, and I, we went through our own personal trauma. In February of 2020, we were almost shot and killed in our driveway. Now, obviously, when you go through something like this, you go through darkness. And we went through our dark time, no doubt, but we chose not to stay there. And as we were coming out of that darkness and as we were working through our healing process, we realized God left us here for a reason. We have work to do. We have work to do in the area of helping people. So if you come to a Revive event, you can count on being uplifted, motivated, and inspired by true real-life stories of, like I said, tragedy, 
yet triumph. We want to educate you on the things that we've used in our own healing journey that we believe in so much that we can't not share them. So you got to get your tickets today. We have an event in Springfield, Ohio at the historic Bushnell uh, building, which is on August 14th. And then we also have a second event in Kansas City, Missouri on October 15th and 16th. So wherever you're closest to, get your event. You do not want to miss this. Bring anybody that you know who wants to be connected and feel elevated because you will walk away with tangible, life-changing practices and you will have what Revive is about, the ultimate paradigm shift. And I couldn't figure out why people didn't like me because mm-hmm. I wanted everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, we all do when we're that age. You yeah, know? I wanted yeah. everyone to like me. And, you know, even here recently, I had a girl that wasn't very, that was not popular at our mm-hmm. high school. And she reached out and said, thanks for always being kind to me. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, that matters more now. Yeah. So I'm glad that that happened. But right. I was always trying to fit in. And I don't know. I guess it's to some extent I thought, well, any publicity is better than no publicity. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, so, right. OK, I'm the slut, but I'm popular. I'm getting attention. Right. One way or the other. Right. Yeah. And um, so I s- dabbled in some drugs for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, never. I, I drank, but not not like I liked the, the numbing drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and plus, because when I drank, I did things that, you know, yeah. which drugs eventually led me to do some horrible, horrible things. Right. You know, and uh, so so that was kind of high school. And my mom always, her thing was, if everything looks good, mm-hmm. it is good. Mm-hmm. So... I always had really nice clothes, mm-hmm. a nice car, mm-hmm. all the new electronics or anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's how we saved face. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a facade. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wasn't dealing with any of it. Um, and my senior year, I became obsessed with being skinny and mm-hmm. I started taking yellow jackets. There's the caffeine pills, you know. Mm-hmm. And back then they had ephedra in them, and that was a whole addiction in itself. Now looking back, I realize that, but when I was doing it, I, sure. you know, yeah. And so then go to college. College just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I went for like a year and a half and worked a couple jobs. Um, then I started working in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever worked in the restaurant industry I have, okay yeah. there's a lot of drugs and drinking right mm-hmm. and I opened up a Cadillac Jackson Beaver Creek okay and I became a bartender there and mm-hmm. I was I mean when you just turn 21 and you're making like $1,500 a week mm-hmm. and you you know like yeah and I had my own apartment I mean I went cr- crazy yeah for a while yeah and there's no boundaries no yeah I had no children or anything mm-hmm. you know what I mean I wasn't in a relationship I and and then I started thinking that I could but the whole time I wasn't really realizing anything was like buried in me and wrong Mm -hmm. you know like something's wrong but I wasn't so I just tried to keep fixing myself so I like got breast implants and stayed skinny and like had a bartend at the uh, hottest club in Dayton and Mm -hmm. you know what I mean just yeah filling a void sure with materialistic outer things yeah like dated a Dayton dragons like come on you know what mm-hmm, I mean like because mm-hmm. th- I thought it was the cool thing to do and to fit in and yeah I started drinking a lot mm-hmm. drinking became um my way of coping with things yeah and which was fine why I was young and not you know until 
then I got, then I met who would be my first husband. Okay. And he was 21. I was 24. We were young. Um, we ended up getting pregnant mm-hmm. and I had my son Kingston and I tried to make it work for about a year after that. Mm-hmm. I drank quite a bit during yeah. that time, you know, uh-huh. and I stepped out of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not physically all the way, you know, but mentally mm-hmm. I had checked out mm-hmm. and, um, my way of coping with it because I was so embarrassed of not being able to make our marriage work was I would drink all the time and I started getting these hangovers. Mm-hmm. And after the, um, after that started happening, a girlfriend of mine gave me a Vicodin one time and said, okay. this will help you with your hangover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not only did it help me with my hangover, I didn't have to care about anything or anyone except me and my son. Yeah. And um, opiates actually gave me energy Mm. instead of like tiredness and all that, you know. Right. And the next thing you know, I'm fully addicted to Vicodin or Percocets. or slippery slope. And I had a $150 day habit. Wow. Wow. Because I because I was too good for heroin, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I could take these pills, and well, pills are nine dollars a piece and stuff. Sometimes I mean it's wow. insane. Yeah, and I was drinking all the time. Yeah. So finally, the a guy I was dating um, said, "You need to get help," and he drove me around to hospitals and yeah. stuff. And he said, "Somebody needs to help her." Yeah. And this is a, a God thing. Um, so he took. They finally take me to the Suboxone clinic, which Suboxone was brand new at the time. Okay. And I have. I did not choose to take Suboxone, but let me tell you why. What is Suboxone? So this is, Suboxone is uh, for people that are on opiates. It, I think it makes you feel high, uh-huh. but you, it's to come off of opiates okay. and then you can stay on Suboxone. It's a medically assisted treatment. I see. Okay. Some people are against it. I think whatever works for you, mm-hmm. everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Mm-hmm. So I went there and it turned out the day before I went there, the DEA had come and like raided the place. Oh, wow. And I still got to see a doctor. Um, and he, he, I said, I don't want to take, I said, is, are there opiates in my system? And he said, no. And I said, mm-hmm. well, then I don't want to take Suboxone. Mm-hmm. I have to be through the worst of it. Yeah. You know? Right. And he said, okay, but I'm going to give you a tramadol trim, which is like another painkiller uh-huh. to, co- you know, in case you have any cravings. Yeah. You give a drug or drug addict more drugs a pill so yeah. of course i'm gonna go fill the prescription right sure sure nowhere in dayton would fill it because the dea had just been there the day before oh, and that wow. is god that is working. definitely you know god, yeah. that was god saying yes. no yep you're you've done been through the worst <laughs> yeah, of it yeah because right. anybody that's listening if you've ever been dope sick and you can be dope sick from from pills mm-hmm. you never want to go through that twice oh i'm sure <laughs> like, i cannot even you imagine. never want to go through yeah. that twice yeah um and so that's that was my end of of opiates Mm -hmm. well then uh drinking became my main foot right okay because i just like kind of go from one addiction to the next mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. and then the depression started kicking in and you know i cheated on that boy we were together three years and i did horrible things and i i made amends to him um and I thank God that he took that amends because mm-hmm. it, you know, I was not a good person mm-hmm. and I, um, so I failed at that relationship. I don't know. I got a little sidetracked right there, but, mm-hmm. um, I started losing everything. Yeah. Um, my, 
I lost my job because mm-hmm. they knew, you right. know, what was going on. I wasn't able to pay my rent on my house. And I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think I wanted a house, but my mom insisted because if everything looks good, it is yeah, good. Exactly. So I had this house that I really couldn't afford on my own. Mm-hmm. And um, I lost my house, mm. put Kingston and I into an apartment. I just started not being a good parent. And eventually Kingston's dad got custody of him. Wow. Uh, when he was six. And I went to treatment that first time. Yeah. When I, he got custody, I mean, like, was that like a wake up call for you or were you just kind of like, well, I- he at first got like temporary custody mm-hmm. and you know, the, like people always say, you know, how can you not look at your children and make they're more important than drugs. Right. Yeah. That's drugs take over everything when yeah. it happens. Right. Yeah, I, I loved my son. I loved view, my son unconditionally, but I was completely so ha- skewed. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I knew he was safe with his dad. Mm hmm. But so I went to treatment and I thought when I got out of treatment, I'd get Kingston back. I would be well. Well, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so my next thought, and this is crazy, um, was I'll get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that way that'll keep me sober. Mm -hmm. My mom will want to talk to me because I'm pregnant. Right. Yeah. So so now I'm pregnant by a guy I really didn't know Mm -hmm. who turned out to uh, he decided to start beating me while I was pregnant. Mm. and um when i was seven months pregnant he was arrested felony domestic Mm -hmm. violence charges and i wouldn't uh press charges against him Mm -hmm. and people say you're crazy for that right Mm -hmm. um and when you're pregnant and your mom's not talking to you Mm -hmm. And you're, you don't, I mean, I just didn't think I had an option. Yeah. And so I went back, yeah, I kept going back. Mm-hmm. And after we had her, um, her name was Copper. She was a healthy baby um, until she was a month old and she passed away as SIDS. Mm. Well, I think that's the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back. Yeah. Well, actually not even so. And then three weeks after she passed, my dog, my English bulldog of 10 years, mm-hmm. his name was Reggie. As I know, some girlfriends are listening and they remember Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, he died. Mm. And that was. So you just got right? one thing after the next. And I snapped. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine. And I uh, attacked the boyfriend because, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to look at myself. It had to be somebody sure. else's fault for all sure. this. You know, yeah. my life was in total chaos. Yeah. Total chaos. And I had lost absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got arrested for attacking him. Wow. And when I left jail that day, downtown Dayton, mm-hmm. one slipper on, one cheetah print slipper on. <laughs> I'll never forget. It keeps me very humble to remember that. Yeah, yeah. I had to ask someone to use their phone. I called my dad in Florida, and he said, have you had enough? And I said, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And I went to treatment uh, December 2nd of mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah. It'll be five years this December. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I started working on myself. Yeah. And I started learning to love myself, mm-hmm. which is something I had never done. Yeah. I never loved myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was so busy worried about other people loving me. Sure. Right? Yeah. That I didn't know who I was. I didn't, when I got sober, I didn't even know what I enjoyed to do mm-hmm. because I had always just kind of done what I thought everybody else wanted me to do. Yeah. Me, what right? you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and 
I've been continuing to work on myself ever since. Um, and it's hard a lot. Yeah. It's hard. Anytime you go to work on yourself and you have to look in the mirror, it, it is really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is so much easier, especially because our, our brains want to do what our brains are used to doing. Cause that's the easy, that's the easy way, mm -hmm. you know? And anytime you go the opposite direction, you know, it is hard because our brains are like, well, wait, I want the path of least resistance, you know? And it's like, no, I'm going to start doing things completely different. And, and then you add on top of it, everything you were dealing with with like the addiction. Right. It's like, you know, that is really in the pit, you know? Yeah. And you know, you can trade addictions. So when I got yeah. clean, I struggled yeah. with shopping. Mm -hmm. Shopping was an addiction. Yeah. Red Bull became an addiction. I can make anything into an addiction, uh -huh. right? Because yeah. yeah. then I'm not, I'm not focusing on me. I'm not sure. dealing with the problem. Sure. Right. You know? Exactly. And um, where, so, where was, I'm just curious, like when you were, you know, going through all of that and you're like at your, you know, heaviest point of addiction where was was there a relationship with God was there a spiritual connection right. you know where where was so that? when copper passed away I wasn't angry mm -hmm. with God you were not I were I was not uh -huh. most people say they are angry uh -huh. I thought it was my punishment mm, yeah I thought I was being like because I had had an abortion mm -hmm. during my addiction mm -hmm. and this was God's way yeah. of punishing me yeah and so I just accepted it as that. Yeah. Now, when I got clean and I decided to um, look for a higher power, mm -hmm. I realized that that was God, that mm -hmm. I do believe in him. Because, yeah. you know, there were times in my 20s stuff that I'd pray. I never heard anything back. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it was hard for me for a while. But mm -hmm. the fact that God has always consistently, like I've always consistently believed in God mm -hmm. shows me that, that there. I'm right. This is correct. This is yeah. what I'm supposed to believe in, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I started getting into a real spiritual relationship mm -hmm. and I decided that I didn't need to hear anything back. That's what I was actually going to, yeah, I was thinking that sometimes yeah. we don't, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I find a lot of comfort in how things, they, God's already got the plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure does. Yeah. And I, it's so freeing to let go of the control yeah. that I've tried to have for so long, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. And there, you know, but about a year into being sober, mm -hmm. this was my God moment. Yeah. I, I was going to say, can you tell, cause you told me about this in my office and I really it's, thought that was something. Yeah. So for sure. It's my Bruce almighty moment. Okay. <laughs> um, so about a year into recovery. So, once I left treatment, I uh, went to a domestic violence women's shelter. So mm -hmm. I lived in a homeless shelter for about almost two years. Wow. Uh, learned to ride the RTA in Dayton, uh, downtown Dayton hub. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting and humbling. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bus that I rode to work, that bus, bus 11, yeah. goes by my neighborhood every day. Uh -huh. And my fiance, Nick, likes to call them God's winks. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. that's a God wink because uh -huh. I'm reminded every day 
They used to be but on that But if I don't stay right, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly where I'm I'm heading going. back to bus 11. <laughs> bus 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. <laughs> the bus that takes me to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. You wow. Know? Yeah. But it's, so it's a good reminder. It's one of God's winks. Yes. Um, I love that. Yeah. But uh, so after about a year, you know, I still was living in that homeless shelter mm-hmm. and I hadn't gotten to see my son yet. And I went... Uh, Overall, I went two years without seeing my son. Wow. Now, yeah. you know, and when I was going through, I mean, people were like, how could, you know, how could you not see him and stuff? I had to get me right. Because if you're not healthy for you, yeah. you can't be healthy for anyone else. Mm-hmm. So until I was completely healed from some stuff, yeah, I was not benefiting him in any way. And yeah. I knew he was safe and I knew, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting to see him. I didn't have a car yet. I was kind of, I was just living like you know what I kind mean kind of existing existing yeah. yeah yeah and so I took a walk down to the river at Riverscape mm-hmm. and I was sitting on this park bench and I don't know if you've heard the song uh, reckless love of God mm-hmm. okay yes. first of all there's a girl that sings it mm-hmm. and just like everything else girls do it better right <laughs> even that this song, girl yeah. kills it okay yeah no and I love that song it's That's a, great a great song, song. Yeah. yeah it really is yeah. a good song and yeah. she kills it and so I'm listening to that and I'm just praying God if you're with me like I need something yeah something you know just show me something yeah, yeah. and uh I opened my eyes and there were like 30 ducks in the water right in front mm, of me. There yeah. weren't ducks anywhere else. There weren't people feeding them or anything. It yeah. looked weird almost. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like they were all just right there. And I thought, God's got me. That's it. Yep. God's got me. Yeah. And as long as I just keep doing the next right thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And sure enough, like six months later, I met who is now my fiance. Mm-hmm. We have two children together. Mm-hmm. We're homeowners. That's awesome. We own new cars, right? Yeah. Like we have a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. I get to give back to my community, um, the recovery community. Yeah. And um, I just, I'm very blessed and grateful for all the stuff that I had gone through. But um, now I know why I went through all of it. Yeah. Because I want people to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. to come to me and tell me about right. their crap. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, I was going to say, what is, I was going to ask you, what's like one of the one, the what, number one things that you learned through, cause I mean, you have, you have walked it. <laughs> girl. girl. I mean, I am serious. I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking like, that's surely got to be the rest of her story. And then you like something else. Like it just, you know, there, there's not a whole lot that you haven't been through, you know? Um, yeah. So when you look at that, like what's that one thing that stands out to you that you have learned that you could tell somebody because no doubt somebody is going to be listening to this that's either going through it themselves or they have a family member or they have a friend that's dealing with addiction I mean addiction Mm -hmm. is it's like man it's everywhere if you're not an addict you know one exactly you know and with everything that our country's gone through in the last year and a half or so with the pandemic and Mm -hmm. it's made things worse so everybody knows somebody that's going through something what would be your piece of advice to them I would say if you're uh, still in addiction that you can get out of it it's Mm -hmm. um it's actually a lot easier than most people think Mm -hmm. especially now yeah nowadays if if you need medical assistive treatment that's what you do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's just what you 
that's fine. Yeah. You do what you need to do. You do what you need to do. Yeah. 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 And I promise you, you will enjoy your life and love yourself <laughs> going through it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. And I'm telling you, even the air smells different mm. from when I was in addiction wow. to now. Yeah. And I think that's something that only an addict would understand. Yeah. It's not muffled. It's not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not fogged. Yeah. It's yeah. just crisp air. You've got your senses back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. only, you know, somebody that's there can understand that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, um, or thinking that like either your problems aren't big enough mm -hmm. to be a problem. Like, oh, I haven't been through what other people have. You've been through something and your biggest thing is just as important as another person's biggest thing, yeah. no matter what that thing is. Never Correct. discredit yourself. Yeah. Because we handle things differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, for new moms, you know, I'm going through that again for the mm -hmm. third time. The there's struggles in that. Sure. And you don't want to share, but I'm telling you every time you tell somebody what you're going through, mm -hmm. it loses its power. I agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah. So yeah. I continue to tell it as much as I can mm -hmm. because it has no power over me. Yeah. What, you know? Yeah. And I encourage other people to do the same. Yeah. I love that. I think, and that is, that's one of the reasons like this podcast even came to be, um, you know, after we went through our thing with the shooting right. and everything, my way of dealing that with that for almost a complete year was like to pretend, pretend like it didn't happen. And if people brought it up to me, I would change the subject as quickly as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to talk about it. It was very ugly to me. It was even embarrassing to me a little bit because I felt like people looked at me and thought like, gosh, her oh, life drama. is, yeah, such a mess. Drama. Like Jerry Girl, Springer on no steroids. idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think you and I might have a pretty good, like even competition. <laughs> yeah. The drama world. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that you want to have a competition when it comes to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we can laugh about it. That's the way that Absolutely. I think sense of humor is very important yeah. with this stuff. Absolutely. But I mean, I totally relate to that because like even my mom said to me, because I've always liked to write, and she was like, you need to write. At about two or three months after the shooting happened, she's like, you need to write, you need to tell your story. And I thought, there is no way. I do not want to tell this story. Like, right. I want to forget it happened, you know? But then it's like when God wants you to do something, and it's like what you were saying about the DEA going in and they, like, cleared everything out. God is so persistent, mm -hmm. and he will figure out how to make things happen. And for for me – it was like almost a year to the date that the shooting happened that Lindsay and I went through something terrible and our marriage almost ended. Right. And that was because we were not dealing with the trauma and we were not dealing with the stuff that we had been through. We were just you thought you could bury it. Correct. Yeah. And and we were we were self-medicating in ways that, you know, we were just like trying to suppress and fill the void in any way we could. Mm -hmm. You can only do that for so long. Mm -hmm. And then. I believe God steps in, especially when he's got work for you to do, which you're doing now, which I want you to share about in just a second. But it's like you're basically wasting while you're here. You need to get your act together. Mm -hmm. You need to dig deep and you need to go work on yourself. And so when you say when you share your story, it releases that power over you. That's why I started sharing. And because Absolutely. I know that, like you said, everybody's got pain 
And sometimes people will compare it, and I'm sure they do the same thing with you, like, well, I haven't been through what you've been through. Well, you, it doesn't matter. You're going right. through yours. It's yeah. all the same. Pain is pain. Darkness is darkness. Mm-hmm. When you feel in that moment of despair, it's it's there, yeah. you know? And so I think when, you know, we, and, and there's so many people out there with so many stories, when people can just tell their story, mm-hmm. it is, it can save somebody's life, oh, you yeah. know, like your story today could easily save somebody's life. It could make somebody say, I'm done with this addiction thing. Like I'm going to go get help, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, you know, when you start working on yourself mm-hmm. and you, I don't know if this has happened to you yet, but it will, uh-huh. um, you start uh, being more and more comfortable to get out stuff that hurt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, like, the first two years of sobriety, I wasn't telling anyone I had an abortion. Mm-hmm. No one knew. Yeah. I wasn't going, I wasn't, that was never going to come up again in my life. Yeah. That's my train of thought. Yeah. And then I realized it's keeping guilt. Mm. I'm keeping guilt. Yeah. It happened. I can't take it back. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and... I, I believe God has forgiven me. My God's forgiven me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's really cool when you start working on yourself to, to figure out the things that, that weigh on you so heavy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you can start talking about them and yeah. let them surface. Yeah. I would have never told someone even a year ago now, I would yeah. have never told someone that I stepped out of my marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, I tell it because it just relieves so much pressure off me. You don't. Yeah. Have, I don't have to yeah. hide this secret. I don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's like what you said. I I know I have God's forgiveness. Yeah. And if you have a true relationship with God, because we all do stuff that we would, you know, change or whatever. But when you, that is, and that is what. I want to get across like, you know, sometimes the church gets very caught up in the whole guilt thing and everything. Mm -hmm. And I believe a true relationship with God, you know, is, is about that forgiveness. If you ask forgiveness and you feel it in your heart, then, then it's gone. You know, God doesn't, he, that's not the way God is. And you know, we kind of do that with our kids. Like, uh, if my kid says sorry for something, it's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. You don't need to feel about, bad about it anymore, right. right? Yeah. And um so yeah, no I I definitely think uh my God also, you know like I was telling you earlier, there's two things I always try to uh, pray about hard. Yeah. <laughs> before I do uh, you know talking to yeah. a group of women or something and the first one is try not to cuss through this. Well, you haven't cussed one time today. I have today. not. <laughs> But let me tell you, my God understands when I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll forget, like, because sometimes you just, you know, it just happens. I'm a work in progress, right? We are all working a work on in it. progress. I'm working yes. on it. We are all a work in progress. Yes. Well, you have made it through a whole podcast. I mean, we're not quite done yet, but yeah. you've made it so far. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me what about the work that you're doing now, because you, I find it amazing how you're taking this awful situation that you went through and now you're turning around and you're literally, you know, living a a life Mm -hmm. of service and helping other people that are in the same situation. Yeah. Um, well real quick, I wanted to say something that when I talked about my mom making everything, you know, look good. I want to give her a shout out because she is an amazing woman. She's an amazing mother and she went through something horrific and I just wanted to address that. That's good. You know, but, um, 
Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and give and the mom, mom shout out. Absolutely. None, and none of what has gone through with me mm-hmm. is her fault. Yeah. And that's something parents, if there's a parent listening and their kid is going through something. Yeah. I promise you it is not your fault. Yeah. That's that's really great. To, yeah. To acknowledge that for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So um, anyways, so some of the so I work at East End Community Services in Dayton. OK. I'm a peer supporter, a uh-huh. certified peer supporter. And what that means is I'm a person with lived experience of addiction and or mental health mm-hmm. health challenges. Mm-hmm. I, you know, God give, gave it all to me. Yeah. So I got the mental health challenges, the addiction, <laughs> yeah. I've got all that. Yeah. Um, and so I get to work with other people that uh, are looking for a better way of life mm-hmm. or are already, st- you know, in treatment and they're transitioning back into the real world because mm-hmm. the real world is different than sure. It's, treatment's like a little bubble. Bubble. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I get to work with a lot of women. Um, Restoration Church and Midway here. Yeah. They let uh, me and a member of the church host a day of honor for women that have been trafficked Mm -hmm. or in a domestic violence situation Mm -hmm. and or addiction. Yeah. Uh, We do that twice a year. Um, I lead a women's empowerment group. I'm on maternity leave right now, so I'm not doing it right now, but Mm -hmm. it used to be uh, two days a week. Um. And the women's empowerment group. I work with uh, Dayton Montgomery County Children's Services mm-hmm. um, with the women that are in their program to get custody of their kids back. Okay. So that's really rewarding. Yeah. To get to do that. Yeah. And you know, and it's crazy because I go to the courthouse and I'm on like, like I'm not nervous going into a courthouse now because mm-hmm. I yeah. used to be. I'm like, what? Am, what see, it almost happened right yeah. there. <laughs> you caught yourself though. I <laughs> got you. No, <laughs> you caught yourself. That was good. But um, I used to be really scared when I saw police or a courthouse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool that I get to work with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my coworkers do follow ups on overdoses, so we get to work with like Dayton Fire and and mm-hmm. police, and it's yeah. it's really neat. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the things I don't know. There's more, but yeah, I'm, I know you've got, you've sent me your, your list. of. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, what I love too, is like when you're working with these people and you say, I know how you feel like you literally know, how they yeah. feel, you know? And I think that's so important when people are going through something to have that person, you know, and that's something that I think like. If you're listening to this podcast, oops, I just hit the microphone, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're going through something, I challenge people to think like, what, what, what I'm going through, who could that help? Mm -hmm. You know, who else, who else could I get beside? Because that's something I noticed. Like I, I've always been sympathetic to people that were struggling, Mm -hmm. but empathy Mm -hmm. is a whole nother ball game and you, a, a hurting person is the only person that can hurt another hurting person, Absolutely, you know? And so I think when we use our pain like that mm-hmm. to get beside people, it literally takes it to a whole nother level, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that that is, is a great thing that you're doing. Um, yeah. And, it, and if I don't have a similar story, I know someone that does. Exactly. And I can exactly. direct you in the right direction. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing anyone has been through out there that would make me, <gasps> you yeah. know what I mean? Probably like, not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. we all go through things. Yeah. 
You know, something else I wanted to speak to, um, and I, I almost forgot, but I just remembered when you were talking about earlier when we first started in the podcast about what you went through in school and the bullying. Yeah. You know, it just made me think what important roles we have as parents to teach our kids to treat everybody with kindness mm-hmm. and love. Because, you know, the the words that are said, especially when you are young, mm-hmm. I mean, they literally can they can stay with you an entire lifetime and you never know what those words are going to do to somebody. And, you know, just listening to you and that experience that you went through and yeah, I mean, Kelly cars was 30 years ago. Yeah. And you still remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember stuff that I was made fun of, you know, in grade school. And I remember I was like, kind of the chubby girl oh girl <laughs> no I seriously was yeah this girl she I got swear, best maybe looking her senior year you <laughs> no, chunk okay, no. <laughs> this is like in sixth or seventh grade okay so seriously like no but yeah I I can remember getting picked on for stuff like that yeah. and it no, stays it, yeah. with you you yeah. know so I just think we have such a responsibility as Absolutely. parents we're raising up that next generation mm-hmm. to be teaching our kids to treat everybody you know yeah. no matter how different they are with I, kindness and I love. always tell my kids embrace differences yeah embrace them yeah they're good things you just you just got to be kind to people that's what Jesus would do you know Absolutely. Like, what would Jesus do yeah. he would be kind to everybody yeah you know yeah Seriously. for sure yeah yeah because I had you know my son he's 12 and during the COVID thing you know we wanted him to stay in school yeah and so there was a Catholic school that was still doing in school. So mm-hmm. he got to experience a Catholic school for a while okay. and he struggled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, one time I picked him up, he asked me, he said, you know, do I have to hate gay people? Mm. Yeah. And I said, well, no, you don't have to hate gay people. And he goes, well, why do they say it's so bad? It's bad mm. in the Bible. And mm-hmm. I said, here's the deal, Kingston. You don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. with what someone's doing mm-hmm. but you love them just the same yeah yeah it's yep. as easy as that that's pretty, right pretty straightforward and simple yeah. yeah yeah you don't have to yeah. agree yeah i mean gosh look at in the politics all that stuff in the world now yeah. it's like you don't have to agree yeah yeah just love them if we would just take out the whole judgment piece yeah everybody just treat everybody with love and respect and kindness you know then we would probably get a lot further, but that's probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I, know, no. I can yeah. talk. I'll sit here and talk all yeah. day. Yeah, we, we might need to come back. We might need to talk about that one next. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, is there any way um, before we wrap up? If there's somebody out there that that hears what you've gone through and that, and they want to like you know message you or talk to you, like to to get some advice or some support, can yeah. they get in touch with you? Yeah. Okay. So it's Kelly Savage on Facebook. Okay. Um, and I try to check it every day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had people in different states reach out and we've been mm-hmm. able to get them into treatment. Yeah. So, you know, if there's anybody that is struggling with hope, yeah. I, I promise you we will yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, and also I have an email. It has my ex-husband's last name still. So it's Kelly.Radich24 at Gmail. Okay. All right. Yeah. Radich. 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 Okay. And if anybody also wants to like, you know, get in touch with you, they can also send me an inbox. Oh, and, absolutely. And yeah. Send it your way yeah. or whatever. I, you so. know, and it's funny. So it, I was built to network, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I don't know someone, someone I know knows someone, someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, if they reach out to you or to anyone, as long as it gets to me, I am happy to help in any way I can. And I'd love to walk with people on their journeys. Yeah. If there's people that are embarrassed because they were, they've always had money and stuff and now they're struggling with 
clothes or any of that. I've got a great place I can take them to get clothes. Oh, wow. Design okay. nice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because uh, that was something that I struggled with. Yeah. And um, and no one has to know. Your secrets yeah. are safe with this one. I, you know, your story is not my story to tell. Sure. Right. So I guess what we're saying is if somebody needs help, they can get in touch with one of us. Yes. And we will point them in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Awesome. Cool. I'm so glad you came. Thanks for I, having me. This I, was fun. Yeah, it was fun, right? Yeah. The podcasts are fun. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, maybe you come back in the future and we, we talk some more about, Absolutely. you know, any, anything. I mean, who knows what's going to come up, but yeah. God always has plan. Yeah. Well, that's it. I'm So I'm on like the um, Drug-Free Coalition, the Montgomery County Prevention Coalition, and then yeah. the, that has subdivisions. So there's like an alcohol prevention. I mean, we do like the the menthol thing that came out like yeah. that we do campaigns for that we try to okay. get cigarette signs and beer signs out of um gas station uh doorways and stuff like so that it's not so represented wow right yeah um my ex-husband owns a sports complex there mm-hmm. and he's got signs that talk about um opioid addiction in athletes because mm-hmm. that's where a lot, especially guys, they get injured in football in high school. Yeah. They get put on ma- and pain meds and it. there yeah. it goes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of things. I'm just anything and everything. <laughs> just wanted to. Yeah. So if you want to talk about anything. Yeah. I'd love to come back. And talk. OK. <laughs> well, I definitely think that this God is going to use this for a great purpose. I love that you have. I give you a lot of credit. You are you're a strong strong woman i would say I another that. so are <laughs> you <laughs> yeah oh you're Thank a you. strong one of those too girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> not gonna say the word that i was thinking yep. but yeah you're a really strong woman and i think that you know we we all go through stuff for a reason yep and it depends on us to either grow from them grow from it and you yeah. know use it to help other people or we can get bitter, we can get angry, we can become a victim, but you are clearly somebody that has used all this adversity and is doing something mm-hmm. great with it now. So, yeah. And how yeah. cool is it? I mean, we weren't friends in high school. We weren't not friends, but we weren't friends. And yeah. look how God's brought us together. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. Only God can do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. See you soon. Thanks. Okay.